you're listening to From the City Desk. I'm Hannah Purdy. And I'm Chris McCart. Today's episode, we're going to look back at the agendas for January for the Board of Mayor and Alderman. Board met twice on Tuesday, January 7th, and then again on Tuesday, January 21st. And kind of start off by kind of running through some of the presentations that the board received. First presentations uh, were at the January uh, 6th work session where we received the Comprehensive Annual Financial Report, also known as the CAFR. Super exciting stuff. It, it is. It's uh, hundreds of pages of uh, financial records and documents that outline the various funds and how those funds uh, have been managed over the course of the year, the revenue received, the expenses that have gone out. Really important data, though. It it really is. It's one of the most important documents we produce. Uh, You can talk to our Deputy City Manager, Ryan McReynolds. Uh, He looks forward to the CAFR like kids would look forward to the new Harry Potter book coming out. Wow. Yes, he goes through it with great detail, looks at the data, enjoys uh, doing the comparisons. And I think that's where the combination of an engineering degree and then an MBA degree come together. But it is a very important document. It's one that we refer to often. It's actually a document that you will find on our website and you also find on other cities' websites. And so uh, it's quite common for us to pull the the CAFRs as we refer to them. You know, you got to have an acronym if you're in government. So Always. Absolutely. So you pull the CAFR and you'll look through there and, and look at the uh, comparison data. And that really helps us form a lot of the decisions that we make as we look at what other cities are doing. And also, again, going back to what we believe the needs are for Kingsport. Great thing about the CAFR, uh, once again, we received a clean uh, opinion on our audit, unmodified opinion. What does that mean? That means that we had an outstanding financial year in terms of how we managed those dollars. Uh, there was no findings, which means there was no errors. There was, no, there was nothing we did wrong. And so anytime you receive that clean, unmodified opinion, you know, you know you're doing well. And I really have to tip my hat to our finance department. Lisa Winkle spends a tremendous amount of time assembling the CAFR along with countless other folks in the finance department, Sid Cox. Our CFO and city recorder spends a tremendous amount of time. So if you look over the months, really of November, December, that's crunch time as the auditors are kind of completing everything. Our finance department is assembling the final documents. Uh, When these folks could probably be out Christmas shopping, um, they're in here working on the CAFR. They're working on it all the way up until the last few days of December and then we have the audit committee meeting which is comprised of some board members and uh, select city staff will receive the the CAFR will review it in its entirety and um, you know that's typically done right right before New Year's Eve so a lot of work goes into that but again another outstanding CAFR great audit and and really the importance of that if you're listening to this and you're a citizen of Kingsport you can rest assured that your dollars are being well managed. Um, we have a great bond rating here in the city of Kingsport that's tied back to the fact that we manage our money well. We also went into a tremendous amount of detail on roads. About this time every year, the uh, folks from our public works department, primarily the traffic division, that's typically Michael Thompson, who's our deputy public works director, we kind of come in and give the board an overview of what's out there. 
And road projects start many, many years before we actually begin to see, I guess you could say, boots on the ground, a, a blade to the ground, and we can start seeing work being done. You know, I remember when I came to the city of Kingsport in uh, 1997, I started working with our transportation planning office, which was led by Bill Albright, and it's the Metropolitan Planning Organization. It's, an, it's a group that receives federal funding, state funding for roads, not only here in Kingsport, but within the, the greater Kingsport area, because as we all know, traffic issues don't stop at your city limits. And I remember looking at road projects that uh, design work or preliminary engineering work had begun 15 years before I had even started. Gibson Mill is a great example of that. That's work we started really back in, I guess, the late 80s, early 90s. And I guess in the uh, um, mid-2000s, you would say, the uh, probably around 2008, 2009, I think somewhere in that time frame was when that road actually was rebuilt, you know, enhanced to, to a certain extent there, coming off of Stone Drive, going towards the hospital, and then on up towards the Watauga Roundabout. So projects take a long time. Yeah, it's a process. It, it is. I mean, you know, children can be born and graduate from high school, and road projects could still be inching along. The purpose, though, really is to step back and kind of look at what the board has funded, what we have on the horizon. And we look at a lot of different things. We look at road projects that are, you know, in the early stages, road projects such as Main Street that are months away from being bid. Uh, and then we look at small projects, you know, the ball bouts that are presently being built on Commerce Street. That's put in place to uh, really enhance pedestrian safety. But these are just little projects that we're doing, signalization projects, stepping back and then looking at what are larger projects that we have out there. Uh, obviously, at some point, the board will step back and look at the extension of Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard uh, through the General Shale property down to Industry Drive. We'll be obviously continuing to work with the state on improvements in the Sullivan Gardens Parkway, State Route 93. So a lot of projects, uh, you know, sitting here uh Going through this podcast, I'm looking at a, a PowerPoint of probably 25, 30 slides that were presented to the board by Michael that outline a, a variety of things. Won't go into all those, but uh, again, a good presentation. It helps the board understand what is coming down uh, the pike, if you will, and gives us a, a good idea as to what that timeline will be for those roads. So we covered the first meeting of the month. What about the second meeting? That was... We did both meetings on the same day, right? We did. As a result of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. holiday on Monday the 20th, uh, our offices were closed, and so we combined both the work session and the business meeting on Tuesday, January 21st. We don't do that often. A couple times a year, depending on the board schedule, we'll combine those into one day. So it, it does make it a little different uh, when you're accustomed to a Monday-Tuesday routine, and then you go to just a Tuesday routine for this one time make a few adjustments on the fly that you may not have to typically. But at that work session that we started at four o'clock, we had two presentations to first from the Neighborhood Advisory Commission, great organization that has come out of the uh, One Kingsport process, really looking at how do we communicate with our neighborhoods? How do the neighborhoods communicate with us? Uh, how can they help be our eyes and ears and work to try to get information out to the residents within these neighborhoods so that they can then pass out? Um, to, to their neighbors, but also to kind of serve as a sounding board as people maybe feel like they 
the their schedule doesn't allow them to approach government about issues they have. Uh, they struggle to to find that avenue maybe to to approach us. Being able to go to the neighborhood commission uh, has really proven to be a, a great outlet and great resource of information for us. Ted Fields is the chairman right now. Margot C was the chairman before. Margot's still on there. Great group of individuals continuing to work to again promote Kingsport and and do some really neat projects. One of the things they talked about was the little the little libraries which I'm a big fan of. You'll see those already in our city in some key locations throughout town. But just little houses have books in them. You know, you have a book, you you leave a book, you want a book, you take a book. And so different things in there really geared more towards children, trying to provide books to, for kids, but it's not uncommon to see some novels in there that an adult would leave and you would see an adult taking. So Speaking of libraries. Speaking of libraries, great segue there for us, wasn't it? <laughs> We also had uh, Christine Markley, our library manager, come in and talk about the recently completed strategic plan that the library has gone through. One of the things that I talked a lot about uh, in the process of becoming the the city manager for Kingsport was really the value that I placed in strategic planning. It's important to know what it is you're doing, but more important to know where you're going and how you're going to get there. And so Christine has really embraced that, brought a lot of that from her time as the Hawkins County Library Manager. And the Library Commission recently completed a comprehensive strategic plan and really went through and looked at four primary goals. And I think that's always important when you can take a strategic plan and kind of cook it down to four primary things or at least a handful of goals and objectives because it really allows you to then get your arms around it. If you have a strategic plan that's got, you know, 20 or 30 goals, I don't know how you ever get your your arms around that. That's too many goals. Yeah, it it really is. I mean, you you really set yourself up for a long period of time before you start seeing success in all those. But just quickly to kind of run through those, the first goal is lifelong learning and literacy. Uh, Really the goal behind that is to foster lifelong learning and increase literacy across the community to enhance the lives of community members. Second goal is ease of use for resources and services. The strategy there is to advance the ease of use of collections, programs, and other offerings to support community needs. That's probably one of the things as libraries continue to evolve. What are some things that we are doing to make that process easier? I remember when Kindles were big several years ago. They just kind of came out, and how's the library going to work with that well we started providing our our books uh, in a digital format that could be downloaded on the kindle and then we also started helping folks understand how to use that kindle it was a little new at the time yeah library is a lot more than just physical books it really is you know and i think several years ago helen whitaker was our library manager and we just started thinking about what are some of the new libraries what are they looking like what do they have in them and as we started doing some tours, went to several libraries. I remember going to one in Roanoke County, Virginia, and walking into a room, and there were kids in there playing video games. You know, I thought, you know, this is so odd. But the goal was they got them in the door. Right. Well, I mean, libraries are really a community space. It's Absolutely. Continuing with the strategic plan, the third goal was the collection, collections and technology. And to add to that, they want to enhance and improve physical and digital collections and access to up-to-date technologies to support the diverse needs of the residents. Again, 
how do libraries evolve? What are the, the tools they need to have in place to continue to evolve? What resources do they need to have available to check out to patrons? And how does that further the mission of the library? So remember last summer, Christine and I were talking about checking out hotspots. And I thought, you know, what a brilliant idea. But you'll, you'll see, I think we now have T-Mobile hotspots. You can plug that in. It gives you instant Wi-Fi. Oh, like a Wi-Fi hotspot. Oh, yeah, cool. Wi-Fi hotspot. So those have been very, uh, very popular, very successful. We had a lot of folks that would come in and say, hey, I need to do this, but I don't, I don't have Wi-Fi or I, don't, I do not have access to Wi-Fi. So we could check that out. They could do their project outside of the library and then bring that back. And the fourth goal was the awareness and support for library services. Really there is just to increase marketing and public awareness of resources and activities and explore options for increased private support of the library. And I think that's one of the things that we talk a lot about. You mentioned it a second ago, a library is a community space. And historically, libraries have been supported by not only the city or county that they're in, in some situations both, but also from private dollars that come in. And then also really just to, to kind of build upon that, you know, being in a position to understand that um, we want folks to come downtown. We want them to visit our library. We want them to take part in the programs we have there. They have some amazing programs going on regularly at the library. Check out their website. You can check them out also on social media as they have a great presence there. Movies, makerspace, story time. You know, if you're in trivia nights, trivia nights, yes, genealogy, computer classes. There is so much to be offered there. And the great thing about it is, you know, as a result of all this programming, the diversity of folks that we bring through the door is just absolutely amazing. So great job to them. Really pleased with the plan they've put together. And now as they begin the process of implementing that. They're also working on the facilities plan and kind of looking at, all right, what does our library need to look like in order for us to implement these uh, goals and strategies? And of course, this is something we've been talking about for quite a while. We recognize the fact that our library needs to be updated some, and we've done a lot of work on that. We recently uh, went through and replaced windows. We've redone the children's space. We enclosed a colonnade. And we have more work to do over there. And in the coming years, we'll start to implement some of that. But we're kind of stepping back now and looking at some of those original plans, looking at how the library has changed, looking at our strategic plan, and understanding what the path forward is for the library. And so more will be coming out. In fact, I would not be surprised if sometime here in the next couple of months at one of these podcasts, we'll be talking a little bit about what their capital plan is. Okay, so that was presentations that you all heard. What about actual stuff you voted on well in january we really kind of you step back and look at some of this and there's probably nothing really major or shattering items that we had on the agenda but much of what we did really set the stage for work that we'll see take place uh, over the rest of the fiscal year but also to kind of step back and look at projects that we've had in place for many years and kind of going back through and making some adjustments to those the January 21st meeting, uh, one of the things that we did on final reading was a materials agreement for the, really the, we call it Cherokee Bend Phase 2 development, and this is where the old Dixon School used to be. So 
uh, so a group of investors have gone in there. The school has been tore down, and they're going in and taking that property and, and putting single-family homes on there. One of the programs we started many years ago was to put in place a materials agreement. So we, we go in and we work with a developer and then we provide the material for them to put in the necessary water and sewer uh, in the public right away. And then that allows them to, one, it allows us to really make sure that the there's consistency in the product that we're providing them and we know what's in the ground. But in addition to that, it does provide a small incentive for them to be able to go in and cut some of their cost on the development of the subdivision. The great thing about this is that it has produced hundreds of lots, many of which have been built upon or in the process of being built on throughout our city. So it's a great way to incentivize housing and the development of housing in areas that we have available for new housing construction within Kingsport. So it's been a great program. It's a program that a lot of cities have, uh, but is one that uh, since we've put in place, we've seen a great, great response from the development community for that. The other item on the agenda was to amend our existing agreement with Premier Landscapes. And really what that is for is to assist the city of Kingsport through contract labor to manage the numerous landscape beds that we have, many of which are on our right-of-way. They're located at entrances into to our city. But it's just a, uh, an effort by the city, one that's really been many, many years in the making. You can go back to you know, really the late 90s when I started. We were talking about how do we enhance the overall look of our cities. This is something that's not new. Uh, cities have been doing this for hundreds of years. Uh, it's one of those things that's kind of hot and cold. Sometimes you put a lot of effort towards it. Uh, what we're trying to do right now is to stay consistent with some of the stuff that we've done and to make sure that we're maintaining it at a very high level. And so you look at the um, the median that was installed a few years ago on um, Stone Drive there near the intersection of Eastman Road, the landscaping in around Metaview, uh, primarily there at uh, John B. Dennis, State Route 93 and, and Wilcox Drive. There are others throughout the city. Those are some probably obvious ones, but being able to move forward with that contract and uh, the work that we have there to maintain that at a very high level. Two other things I'll highlight. We also went in and amended an agreement with West Rock Converting Company for Recycling Services. That has been a topic. Recycling has been a topic uh, within the, the news, even right here in our region, as mm -hmm. some cities have elected to no longer provide curbside recycling. Uh, City of Kingsport continues to do so. It was an initiative put forth many, many years ago, and it's something that we take a lot of pride in, and our citizens and the corporate community within Kingsport takes a lot of pride in. So we're able to go in and continue our agreement with West Rock for the services provided. It's a service that does cost the, the city money, but it's one that we believe is the right thing to do. It does obviously lessen the amount of, of garbage going to our landfills. And so we're glad to be able to continue providing this. In addition to that, we had an item that, come, that came to us from Kingsport City Schools. And this was for a service contract for substitute staffing services. A lot of talk about this going into the meeting. Um, typically how this works, the Board of Education and the, the Department of Education over at Kingsport City Schools, they'll work on these things. They'll move them forward very much like we do. Uh, they'll be approved by the Board of Education, and then they'll need to be approved by the Board of Mayor and Alderman. 
Finding substitute teachers has always been a challenge. Uh, it's not something new today by any stretch of the imagination. I applaud the schools for kind of stepping back and looking and saying, okay, what are services that we can bring on? What are some of the maybe the best practices that are out there uh, across the state, across the Southeast, or even across the country? And how do we begin looking at that? And so bringing on this service to manage the substitute teaching uh, positions for Kingsport City Schools, very similar to what we do with other contract agencies that provide employees for us. And it seems to be a program that continues to work very well for the city of Kingsport and the contract labor that we bring on. And we believe that it will be just an outstanding service for the schools as well. Obviously, there'll be some growing pains. There is with everything. But I think they're working through that over the last part of this school year and then rolling out a full implementation for the beginning of the August school year. At the January 7th meeting, right after the uh, holiday break, so historically a short agenda, but a couple items I'll highlight from that. One of the things that we did was to amend our city code to authorize the city manager to administratively sign off on all investments we make to the local government investment pool. And so really what this does is it streamlines the project that we're working on with the state of Tennessee. Anytime there's a local match required, the Board of Mayor and Alderman will have seen this, voted on it numerous times, heard the project numerous times, but it really just didn't make sense to keep bringing back to them adjustments we would have to make to the money going to the local government investment pool. So we're now doing that administratively. So either myself or my designee would sign off on those. And that really just will streamline a project. Instead of waiting two weeks for a board meeting, we can get that sign it, turn it around and move that forward. Again, the goal simply is just to help really streamline and improve the overall efficiency of the process that we have with that project. And really kind of wrapping up the first meeting in in January, a lot of really just administrative items uh, moving forward with some agreements with a wellness reimbursement agreement with uh, Optum Healthcare Solutions. This is a new program that is out there uh, that will now be accepted through uh, our senior center is somewhat similar to uh, Silver Sneakers. Uh, it's a program that provides you access to the senior center, and then we receive that reimbursement. And then really, I guess the last thing to look at is, is just moving forward again, purchasing some vehicles. We're able to move forward with the, the acquisition of some refuse trucks, and that's always a positive thing uh, for those folks to have new equipment to work with. And so... That wrapped up the month of January for our business meetings. Only 44 more to go in 2020. 44. Wow. I did not realize that. Thank you. (laughs) Quick math. (laughs) Thanks, Chris. Thank you. That brings us to the end of our show. You can find Chris on social media at KingsportCM. You can learn more about Kingsport at kingsporttn.gov. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you back here in February.